0: Welcome to today's episode of Strategy & Sourdough. Today, my co-host, Onur, and I have a very uh, interesting guest with us, Vijay Anand. Welcome, Vijay. Hey, good to be here. Very quick introduction to Vijay's background. He's originally from Malaysia. Vijay's worked in the creative agency world for a long time, so he was the executive creative director in large international agencies like TBWA and BBDO. But perhaps more importantly for our audience today, uh, Vijay also led the internal creative team at Gojek, which is one of the largest startups um, in Southeast Asia. Vijay is now with VaynerMedia, head of creative in Apex. Welcome very much, Vijay. We're really looking forward to chatting with you today. Cool. Thanks. We've spoken a lot in our podcast about a few different concepts of marketing. So what is marketing? Why is that important? How do you set a strategy? How do you set your goals? How do you research what metrics should you look at? What is your messaging and positioning strategy like? But one thing that we really wanted to focus on today is how do you turn all of that into something creative that is really going to hit the mark with the audience? And one of the things that I love, you were sharing a story from your Gojek days about a particular campaign, which I think will kick us off really nicely on what the value of marketing for startups and the value of actually creative ideas and creativity could be. I'd love for you to share that story first with the audience, if you don't mind. Yeah, cool. I think you wouldn't before we get to the story right just me from the
1: creative industry and you know the advertising industry coming into a a startup was quite an interesting story my first few months you know being in a startup was quite an eye-opener you know in our world in in the creative and marketing world and the branding world the we were the creative guys right we thought we were magic but when you go into a startup the tech guys are the creative guys they come up with solutions every day uh, is the tech guys and the UX UI guys, right? So being there to start up and and work and, and grow this creative team was quite interesting because now coming from the industry where you were you were the superstars, you know the rock stars of the industry, you go to a startup and you are nobody, and that's the best feeling. It's the the scariest feeling, but it's also the best feeling because you go there unproven, nobody knows what you're going to do, right? So for us, the most important thing we brought into it, and and what I wanted to do with when I walked into a place like Gojek was to give it a bit of personality. I kind of studied, you know, the work they were putting out before. It was nice. It was decent, but it was kind of schizo. They were funny at one point. They were emotional at one point, you know, and they didn't stand for something. So they didn't tell the story very well. So what I wanted to do is bring that personality and the story out when I walked in and I told my whole team that, you know, and we started, you know, with like 10 creatives. We ended up growing within two years to about 120 people in uh, the Creative Labs team. But, as going back to your question, uh, one of the last pieces of work that I did in Gojack, that was an interesting one. Right? I think the comment after the campaign that came was quite interesting and, and it could set the whole tone and our conversation for today. So after the campaign actually rolled out, and this was kind of like a PNC campaign, right? It's only me and one of the owners. There was about three owners, the main guys who ran the show. Only one of them and me kind of knew what was happening. So it's kind of a secret. So when he rolled out, it got huge buzz and massive noise in the industry. I can talk about the campaign later, but the cool part about that, right, was one of the owners, after the PR started happening, the buzz started happening about the brand, he wrote to the management uh, WhatsApp group and he said that, you know, nothing equates to the power of coolness. You can pay for amazing campaigns, expensive commercials, you know, things that look expensive, but getting a cool factor for your brand is hard to manufacture. And that was quite a, for me, that was like my end. It was my last month, I think, to get a note like that. I thought like, shit, you know, in, in, two, months, in two years, uh, I kind of achieved what I wanted to do with Gojek as well. So bringing that cool factor, having a personality for a startup is so important because there's this sea of sameness. There's so many uh, tech companies who are similar. Even for Gojek, there's Grab and Gojek and a million others who are kind of similar, like a super app. Everybody wanted to be a super app. Everybody wanted to do the same thing. So you need to stand out. Your branding, your creativity needs to be out of the box for you to stand out and for people to remember you. I think the most important is getting people to remember your brand and your name. That's quite tough because they're seeing commercial, they're seeing ads, they're seeing all kinds of messages being thrown at them every day.
2: This is a super interesting story. One thing that you just mentioned sparked a question for me. Uh, You said when you go into a startup, tech guys are the creative guys. So can you tell us a little bit about what was the environment and the mindset was like and how did that transition work for you? Did you have to work hard to convince them to take a different approach? Did you have to show them examples or did they naturally or quickly realize that there was a need to do something else? Was there reluctance or were they initially excited? Like what was the reaction and how did that transition?
1: I think initially everybody was like, who the fuck are these creative guys, you know? Uh, <laughs> they're like, you know, I, I already have an amazing product. I have an amazing tech. Everybody's using it. So why do I need someone like this to kind of uh, come up with creative ideas? But then I went in, I looked at the word, I studied it the first few months and I told the team the way to win in our market because they were coming as a challenger brand, I would say. You know, you had Grab, who's like famous all across Southeast Asia. How can you make Gojek different and stand out and have a personality? So kind of like let ask them to like, you know, trust me, you paid me big money to walk in here and make a difference. If you don't trust me, you're, not, you're wasting your money. So let me and the team put something out that's going to you know change perception, that's going to get us noticed and that's going to make us better as a challenger. Uh, we don't have the kind of money that the giant tech company had back then, which was Grab, which is a competitor. We didn't have that kind of money. So one of the first few campaigns that we did, I was like, you know, telling the owners. And I think one thing was great was because I worked not at that point, not with a CMO. There was not many layers. I worked straight with the owners. And they hired me. They wanted me to come in. They saw my work. They were like, okay, you do cool stuff. Come here make a school. That was their kind of like their brief to me, right? Mm-hmm. So I told them in one of the first few campaigns, I was like, you know, trust me and trust the team. Let us do something totally different, unexpected. No one expects from the brand. Let us hit the hearts of people in Indonesia. And I think from there, it started becoming a snowball. One of the owners kind of said that, hey, my maid and my friends like this ad. And they're not from the industry or they're not from tech or not from creative and advertising. And then normal people started noticing and started talking about it. Then they're like, hey, that's quite cool. Let's do more of this. Then they became, you know, from first a bit skeptical and a bit scared. They then just got, you know, I call it the snowball effect. Once you start, you just start rolling and they see the difference. People start talking about it. It grows, it grows, it grows.
2: I think that was important. So you had to convince them to take a leap of faith almost.
1: It's easy because I didn't have much layers. I think that's the, I I have a lot of friends from the creative industry who went into tech companies and they always hit, hit me up and they're like, oh, it's so tough. Even in brands, they're going in as an internal creative. It's never easy to kind of convince your marketing team, your tech team, your UX, UI team. There's so many layers. But I think the best, if you want to make a difference, if you want to invest in creative, give them the space to play and experiment, you know, like one thing I liked about Gojek was you can experiment, even in the tech side, they had the same, you experiment, you fail, it's fine, cut it off, move on to the next experiment again, if it works, they do that with products as well, which I thought was super Mm -hmm. interesting because we don't do enough of that. In advertising you know mm-hmm. in branding sometimes you go into research and it feels that like research all those things you need to experiment you need to try something that's different
0: right yeah when do you think i mean obviously gojek when he went in there was relatively late stage company you'd argue relatively well-funded i don't even have to argue that it's public knowledge it's quite well-funded at that point in time but you saw some pretty interesting results when you were working directly with the founders and owners and were given the space to play and experiment Um, For any of our listeners out there who might be working for a startup that's a little earlier stage, when do you think would be like a valuable point for a startup to hire a person like yourself or a creative person to oversee creative and brand and bring that perspective into the company? What do you think the right time would be for that? It's very hard to say the right time. When is the right time, right? Like when I spoke to the
1: owners, the main owner who's now like the minister of education in Indonesia, like he had a one-on-one with me and he was like, when I started this off, I had a creative partner just like you. And when sometimes he would call me late in the night like, hey, I've got this idea for the logo. I've got an idea for this. And then we would banter like, oh, I would tell him like, this is not right or let's try this and let's try that. And he said that at the beginning, he had a creative partner with him which started things off. The original logo was created with his creative partner. He was one of the, I think, early partners as well. I think along the way then he dropped off and he moved on. But it was so important for him to have like a creative partner just to build this brand up from zero. I think he found that like so important. So for me, it's like, there's never like a right or the wrong time to bring a creative or a branding person or a marketing person. Like I said, there's so many brands and startups and tech companies around. If you want to make a difference, yes, you can have the best tech, but if you don't tell the story, if your personality doesn't stand out, people don't remember you, they don't want to use your app. And that's a loss as well. So start from the beginning. Could be one way. Work on your brand. Work on your story. Work on your purpose. I think people want to connect, not just with your tech, but a story and a purpose behind your brand, your tech company, right? I think that's important right from the beginning. But to get more serious or if it's someone like me, I get even working in an agency. Now I'm in Media. We we're being hit up by you know tech startups right from the beginning. They're on their first a series of funding and they're starting to get serious because they're like, okay, I need to connect with my users and I can't connect. I have the best tech, but they don't understand. They're not educated because it's something new, something different. How can I tell the story in a very different way? And that's an interesting part. right? start from the beginning because if you are not serious about it, you do it later on. It's not wrong. It's possible. You can do that, but you
2: lose a bit of time, right? This is a very interesting point because most startups think that if the product is good enough, they don't really need marketing. Whereas in reality, the earlier you start thinking about marketing and creativity and your brand, you probably are better off in the long term. I want to talk a little bit about the work and the campaign that you did. And specifically, how was it different compared to the previous work that was done in Gojek versus the work that you introduced? For example... The work in the past, was it more rational versus you brought a completely different emotional connection to it? Or was it more tactical and sales driven rather than uh, long-term and uh, emotionally driven? What were the differences between the approaches? For me, when
1: I studied the previous work, it was good, it was not wrong. Um, There were some nice pieces. Some of them were funny, some of them stood out, some of them were emotional you've got a competitor who has so much more money than you. Mm -hmm. If you're just doing decent ads, it's not enough to fight against a giant who has a lot of money. So what I did was I tried to look at the market. And, you know, I would consider me an outsider coming into Indonesia. And that was one of, I would say, like my secret weapons because I don't know much about this culture and the industry and the market. So a lot of things were blind spot to the owner's, it was a blind spot to the marketing team because they always like oh, okay, I've been here, I know the place well, but when you come in with zero knowledge, you start asking more questions like so what I did was I studied kind of the market and the sentiments, I saw some of the data, some of the videos that we put out the in one or two of the things they started talking about you know being very nationalistic. It wasn't in everything. it was one or two pieces, and then I noticed like well, a lot more people comment on this, a lot more people share and talk about we're proud of being an Indonesian uh, brand you know, that's taking on Southeast Asia. I was like, that's quite interesting. That's giving you numbers. Why not you know, do a whole campaign around it, not just one piece of work? So that was kind of like you know, coming as an outsider. Nobody sees it, but I'm saying that this might work. Let's experiment with it. Mm-hmm. Let's do a big brand campaign around this whole being Indonesian. So one of the first pieces of work that really got a lot of buzz for them so this one, I'll just tell you the story. It was during, I think it was Sea Games or something that was hosted in Indonesia. And Grab was like the official sponsor. Their competitor was the official sponsor. So their branding and their logo was all around Indonesia. So obviously, Gojek was like, oh, fuck, we are fucked. You know, like, we don't have the money to fight against their branding. What can we do? At the same time, when this was happening, August, it was also Indonesia's Independence Day. So I was like, damn, that's a really interesting way for us to beat these guys, because they spend everything on the sea games and stuff like that. But there's a way for us because there's data that proves that right. That whole Indonesian nationalistic spirit is going to be your secret weapon to beat the guys who are spending and who are who's present everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, my idea to the team was like, go back and tell me. I told my whole creative team and my marketing team, we did like a big, and I love this workshop session, right? I love calling in the marketing team, calling in the creative team, social media team. Everybody's there to workshop. I was like, go and find me the things that make Indonesians proud. So that's what the task I gave to them. So everybody came back with all kinds of things. So one one guy came back with this very interesting, like he said that, oh, there's a 13-year-old Indonesian boy who won a Grammy before. I was like, shit, I didn't know that. And half some of the Indonesians didn't know that. So then I was like, okay, by tomorrow, find me a whole list of things. Then it so happens like Kopiko, another brand from Indonesia, has actually sold coffee tablets to NASA. Wow. You know, there's so many interesting things that they didn't know. And for me as an outsider, it's like, shit, you, your country has all these things and nobody's talked about it. Like, so that's your campaign. Go and say thank you to all these brands and people who have made your country proud. And then the marketing team comes to me and like, oh, uh, we're a bit scared because there's on all our ads and billboards other brands' logos in front and we are below. I said, trust me, nobody's done this before. It's going to stop and get people to notice and, you know, the message was powerful is Indonesians can actually make it out of mm-hmm. uh, Indonesia. They can take on the world. And that's what your brand is doing. It's subliminal message that your brand is also going out of Indonesia to take on the world. So I kind of explained that to the owners and them. And then they were like, oh, okay, that's quite cool. So then it started with that. And then obviously, you know, our campaign became a lot more bigger than the guys who spent a lot more than us. They spent 10 times more than us, but we had more traction.
2: I love this story because you mentioned a lot of the things that we are already talking about in this episode. First, you came in as an outsider with open eyes, and then you started looking at the market, looking at the data without making big, bold assumptions about how it's supposed to work. It was completely open-minded and say, let's find out what works. Then you put everyone together, brought different perspectives, and come up with lots of, lots of different ideas. And then you started to pick the ideas that you thought were most relevant for that specific market and condition. And that also stand out in a unique way that had the opportunity to be different in the marketplace. Because like you said, nobody had done that before. And you also have to convince people to take a leap of faith and trust that it's going to work, which is a little bit difficult when you're so data-driven and want to get proof before you do anything. But it seems like it paid off in a really good way.
1: Yeah, my advice there is like find your secret weapon. If you're a tech startup, a lot of y'all would jump into the conclusion like my secret weapon is tech and my data but everybody has that. That's not <laughs> a secret weapon because everybody has amazing tech. So what is your secret weapon? There must be something that you're not seeing that someone else can see it. And that's why I think it's always good to have like either a foreign person coming in and looking at it, or either an agency from a different perspective coming into a tech company and look, you've not seen this, but we see it this way. And it could trigger something that's different. Exactly. Right? What is your secret weapon? I think that's super important.
0: Love it. Yeah. So from a perspective of now working in an agency, then, how do you bring that external perspective to companies and to startups that you work with today? And what I mean by that specifically is, let's assume the companies that you're working for have a pretty good idea of what their business is. They might have a good idea of what their strategy is, but you know, creative and the messaging and the ideas and the campaigns that you put out there in the world often don't you know, necessarily repeat what your strategy is, if you know what I mean. Um, So how do you make that leap from, you know, having a really good strategy and having a really good idea of, of what's going to work to crafting it into something that actually is going to hit the mark with the audience that we're talking to? I think you said it there, right? What is going to hit the mark with the audience? I think that's super important.
1: Like the first, even the example that I gave before this, it worked because there was already data and there was numbers showing that, you know, the audience loved every time we spoke about being Indonesian, being nationalistic right so there was some data so the most important part is for you is to know what the audience and it's not just with a tech company like I I work with bigger brands as well you know I'm working on some global brands as well the one thing that I feel like a lot of you know not just marketers like CEOs and uh, people working on the brand and the tech company side you are so in your world that you think this is your Secret weapon, like I said, they might think they have the best product in the world or the best tech, but your audience actually wants something else, or they use your product in a different way, right? There's one thing that I found out in when I was in Gojek, that you know people were not just booking rides or booking food, which I thought was such an interesting story. They were using the app to do something else with a different feature. Example is they would use a car, but to send a fridge in a car, like instead of a person. So people were trying to hack your offerings and your, and your tech to use it for something else. So if you study your audience, they will have the answers and you can find ways to connect to them with the brand. I think the most important is studying your audience, finding not just the channels they are in, how they consume it, You know how people are looking at TikTok, how people are looking at Instagram and stuff like that. The audience, they've got a million things thrown at them. But if you do it the right way and you have the right message and the right channel and stuff like that, it will connect with them, right?
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want to change gears a little bit and ask about the million-dollar question. How do you measure the impact of creativity?
1: That's a tough one. Um,
2: Yeah, (laughs) I know there's no clear answers. It's a tough one. I would think it
1: depends. A lot of brands do it differently. People talk about, you know, like based on media, based on sales based on click-throughs, based on downloads. Like, you know, Thomas was saying much earlier, I came into Gojek at an interesting point because they were not worried about downloads at that point. If I came in in year one or year two, my tasks and my work would have been very different. My work would have been, let's just push downloads, technical downloads, because that's what you need, right? So I think coming as a creative person and a branding and a marketing person, you have to understand at which stage you need to come in and how you want to connect to the people and get the brand out as well. So if it's download mode, and then push download mode. When I came into GoJack, it's more about changing the brand and making it a more international brand, making it cooler. Then my job was, okay, I'm going to make it cooler because that's my task, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that part is something you have to study. And you know, if, if it's about making it cooler, make it cooler. If it's about downloads, make it about downloads, right?
2: So have a clear idea of why you are doing something before you go ahead and start measuring it. Because if you are measuring coolness by downloads, then there's not going to be a strong correlation.
1: That's very different. I think downloads is very tactical. So measuring creative is very tough, but depends, you know, like if you're coming in to make the brand cool, then you can calculate PR, shares, buzz, you know, which, who's talking about, like I collaborated with like musicians, streetwear artists, you know, things like that. Because that was my task. Gojek, they were so obsessed with OKRs, you know, like it's similar to Google. A lot of tech companies do that. Yeah, the Google. Yeah. So I would go in with my OKRs every quarter and most of my OKRs because my task was to make the brand cool. It wasn't about downloads and stuff like that. So I would go, my OKRs would have a lot of things based on, you know, PR buzz, based on uh, shares, based on comments, uh, people talking. So that would be some of my results on my OKRs, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so let, let me try and summarize. We've spoken about a lot of really interesting topics here. So, I think the first really important thing here is your notion around in startups, it's actually the tech guys that are often the creative guys and coming in as a creative, um, kind of a humbling sort of feeling to go into uh, companies like that. And I think what you also spoke about earlier was that one of the main contributors that you added going into Gojek. And I'd argue that a lot of creatives will add when they go into tech companies or startups is adding a bit of personality to the story of the business and the marketing and the way that it comes to life. And in your particular case, and this will vary depending on the maturity of the company and what stage they're in, but bringing the cool factor to the brand was really that sort of key metric. And how do you stand out for the sea of sameness within tech companies, in your case, super apps, right? And I'd argue also that that's now no different to almost any startup in any industry. We've, Honor and I have spoken about this a lot, but I think any almost any category any in industry is relatively competed in, in today's world. So being cool or standing out in that category against all of the companies out there is really, really key. I think the other thing that I think our listeners can take away is working directly with the founders or owners is really key to success. So removing those layers and going in and convincing the owners and founders to give the creatives some space to play and experiment because... Ultimately, when you experiment, as you rightly pointed out, a lot of those creative experiments will drive data, and that data might actually be able to give you really good answers to what the personality of or that the, you called it the secret weapon of the company could actually be. And creatives can really come in as outsiders to the business and advise and bring the story of the company to life in a different way that founders or owners or people who work in an earlier stage startup haven't necessarily considered or thought about. And also. When you are a challenger, which a lot of startups are in many ways, and when you have less budgets, it's really not good enough to do good ads. You have to punch above your weight with creative ideas to make a difference. And you know, going back to that notion of finding your secret weapon, when you experiment with marketing, if you follow the data, the answer to what you can stand for in this world can actually be right there in front of you to amplify if you look close enough. But ultimately, it still comes down to what's the right message and the right channel and the right measurement metrics to where your company is right now. So if downloads is the objective, find creative ideas to bring more downloads to life. If it is about making the company cool or making the brand more well-known for something, then let's focus your creativity there and and follow the metrics that matter in that particular area. So I think that's quite a good sort of guiding principle for a lot of startups on how to start approaching creativity and how to consider when to bring creative into the fold. And finally, what you mentioned, was what, what I found was really interesting, actually, is that even the founders of Gojek were working with a creative partner early on. So there isn't really no right or wrong time to bring a creative partner into the business, whether you're a little bit later stage or whether you are just starting up. I think there's going to be a ton of value in somebody who understands the value of the brand, the value of storytelling, the value of creative ideas, and how they can disproportionately lead a company into growth. I think you've got all of it. I think uh, amazing summary. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Anything, owner, that you wanted to add?
2: No, it was a very enlightening session. I really enjoyed it. All right. Vijay,
0: thank you very much. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us tonight. No problem, man. It was
2: fun. Thank you for listening to Strategy and Sourdough. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us out, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts.